It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe and it is great to have you listening. In today's episode, we talk solving customers' problems, having a multi-skilled team, product range expansion and more. Now, without the sponsors, the podcast wouldn't be possible. So please do check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. SendPro Online makes it easy to save time and money, no matter what you send or ship, and you'll always get the best rates and never overpay. With SendPro, you can compare shipping rates between carriers, plus save five cents a letter and up to 40% off USPS priority mail shipping. As a listener, you can get a free 30-day trial and a free £10 scale, but only when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb dot com forward slash master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Michelle Pointer is the founder of Mish, the multi-award winning lingerie boutique. It's a bricks and clicks business founded in 2009. They are now turning over £750,000 per year. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. And I think you might be our most award winning guest ever, actually, because you've been racking them up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, but that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So that's almost like an award in itself. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the business rather than the awards you've won. So um, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the business, how did you get started off in e-commerce in the first place? Um, so it's a bit of an unconventional story, although I wonder if many actually are. Um, and, it, and it predates 2009. Um, it was actually when I was at university, I had um, gone to Debenhams and they had a big sale on. And um, my both myself and my mum struggled to buy um, pretty underwear um, in, in our sizes. And I saw some in the sale and I thought, brilliant, I'll get some for her, take it home in the holidays, win some brownie points. But unfortunately, when I took them home, they didn't fit. And I now had them too long to take them back. So being a student, um, I wanted some money for them. So I used what was back then not very particularly well-known, eBay, and particularly not for selling lingerie. But I thought, well, I'll get a few pounds for them. Um, and anyway, I put them on on an auction and made a profit. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then um, the sale in, in Debenhams went, uh, it was 70% off at the time and it went to 70% off buy one, get one free. So not sure what was happening in their buying department, but nevertheless, I could buy bras at about £3.50 from well-known brands. So I bought some more, took them home and the same thing happened again. I made a profit on all of them. So I went back to Debenhams and bought everything they had and um, that that paid me through my exams. And, and from there, I just had a bit of a bug. So I finished university and then I went off to do a ski season and it was time to you know, look for a real job. And I didn't want one. I wanted to sell lingerie online. So I rang my dad and said, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And he said, oh, well, take, will you take a job somewhere else first for a year? So you've got it to fall back on and you'll learn some things along the way. Um, and, and then, you know, and then start if you want to. And um, that's basically what I did. 
That's a good piece of advice there as well, I think. Go and work somewhere for a year and get that experience because you learn so much, especially in those those first years in places. Do you think it was it was a worthwhile pause as such? Massively. Um, so it was it was a graduate placement with a big food retailer. Um, so it was quite a fast programme and I was in many, many departments. And in one respect, you could say, well, what's that got to, to do with selling laundry online? But it, it had as much to do with customer behaviour, and buying patterns and logistics and the value of, of other people's knowledge and experience as well. So um, yeah, it was absolutely invaluable in the end. Very, very pleased I did that, even though I didn't stay in there any longer than um, <clears throat> than I particularly had to. I you know, moved on. Um, it was invaluable. Almost like being paid to take a mini MBA in some ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose it was. Yeah. Cool. Well, look, uh, let's talk a bit about Mish and um, where where the business is and how it is. So, where in the world are you, and where are you selling to? So, we're based in Cornwall in the UK. Yep, you are, you are one of the few guests I could have done this face to face with. Yes, yeah, just <laughs> down the road from you, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, based down in Cornwall in the UK, and we sell worldwide. And I think that's probably the beauty of selling online, although we are bricks and click. Um, it doesn't really matter where based and, um, you know, I can choose to be in the back of the shop in the office or I can choose to be um, at, sat at the dining table at home. So that's quite nice as well. Definitely. And, um, and your product, obviously we said lingerie, but that covers a multitude of things and a multitude of retail um, structures. So, so what, which, which bits of it do you do? So we sell um, lingerie, as in bras, knickers. Um, we sell nightwear, as in sort of silky chemises and fluffy pajamas, and swimwear. Um, so bikinis, uh, swimsuits, matching wraps, little little bit of accessories on that side. So things like beach bags, and then lingerie accessories. So things like um, stick-on bras, so they're really able to be backless and strapless. Um, Rixi clips, which can make a bra band smaller. Bandolettes, which stop thigh chafing. Holtos, which stop knots from Holtonex Swimwear and um, digging in your neck. So all sorts of bits um, sit around our core business, which is laundry and the swimwear. Excellent. And um, quite quite a, divi- a diverse, diverse mix. That's the word I was using for. Uh, <laughs> quite a diverse mix of products in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of our strategies, to be honest. Um, the danger, I think, of being too narrow is if something goes wrong with a supplier at the very least, that season is a struggle, but potentially much more is a struggle. Or if somebody else moves into your market and just undercuts you, um, which is something we've seen happen with some of the lingerie brands we stock, um, that can be incredibly damaging. You know, your business can halve overnight. So I can't. I like the fact that um, we've we've spread our risk as much as anything else, and our ability to upsell. So there's only so many bras I can sell to one lady, but actually we can sell bras, we can sell matching knickers, we can sell swimwear, we can sell the accessories. Um, so we can we can do more with, with the customers we have, and we can attract more customers because they're looking for different things. Because I guess one of the challenges with um, with bras in particular is that whilst they are they can be seen as a sexy luxury treat they are also for most of us a commodity item we know our size we know which brand we like we know which style we want and we're just going to buy it at the cheapest price yeah it's funny because it goes it goes 
I suppose, three different ways. The two that you've, you've demonstrated there. And then we have this whole third area, which is actually women don't know what size they're wearing and don't know what style suits them best. And, and even if they did at some point, um, bodies change weight gain, weight loss, babies, medication, fitness, the list goes on. It all changes it. Um, and I mean, in the, in the bricks side of the business, we will barely see a lady a day that is wearing the correct size. And that probably means she's already a customer of ours. Um, so the online side is quite tricky, um, to keep the returns rates nice and low. But equally, giving customers as much information um, about the product and how it's going to fit and, and what it's similar to. So if they so they get some confidence. If they bought this from this particular brand, then this one over here might work too, or this one absolutely will not because they're too different. And what platform are you using to sell on? Are you a Shopify, Magento, or something a bit more bespoke? So again, we have spread um, our wings in this area as well. So we have a, a dedicated website, which is run through WooCommerce. Um, and then for some pieces, we also sell still on eBay where we started, particularly when it comes to the clearance side of it. Um, and then for the accessory side of it, Amazon. Excellent. So, uh, so right product, right place, I guess, is your platform strategy. Yes. And we've, you know, we've tested, we've put a lot more on in some of those areas and then taken them back off again, if that's not the quite, quite the right place for it. Um, and we'd be open to, to more platforms, um, as and when they come available or seem to be the right, the right fit really. But it is, um, it's about the right fit. And I think, um, you can't deny the, um, sheer volume of traffic that the third party platforms offer. So it's getting that balance between um, the the volume of potential customers seeing your products versus the costs of being on those platforms. Oh, so true. Now, um, your team, what's that looking like? Are you all in-house? Have you outsourced things? And, and what are people focused on? So um, we're a fairly small team of about five. We're basically all in-house. We do have a, a web developer um, who, who built our website in the first place and... Um, uh, manage well tinkers with it every now and then when we want something changing that we can't do in-house but the more we can do in-house we do in-house um, and again with the marketing um sort of graphic design side of things most happens in-house and then we'll just reach out um as and when we need pieces doing and then for our seo again when we're doing what it is that we normally do, we do that in-house. And when we want to learn something new or try a different strategy, we pull in outside help. I think that's a, it's a really sensible way to do it, isn't it? You, you get almost, you get the maximum bang for your investment by doing the, the kind of the business as usual activities in-house and then calling on the specialists for those out of the box things. Yeah, completely. It's kind of, we, you know, we, we take the legwork on ourselves because there are points um, in the day which are quieter. There's the uh, the the business is all housed out of out of one unit, so there's a shop front out the back, and then there's offices and packing rooms and things at the back. So staff can move from one area to another. But equally, there are points in the day when all the online orders have gone out, all the emails have been replied to, and there's no customers in the shop. So there's time to get on with background jobs um, of listing new things on the website, preparing for the next season, et cetera, et cetera. And so have you got everyone in the team doing everything from manning the till 
and doing the uh, the fittings through to writing email copy? Uh, most. There are a few jobs which lie with a few people, but everybody can can fit and work the till. So everyone can do front of house and with the customers because that's most important with all the other roles. If you've got an online customer who wants to know about a product, the best way you're going to know about it is because you've handled it, you've fitted it, you've hung it up. Um, you know exactly how many hooks are on the back of it. You know how thick the strap is, you know, whether it's fully adjustable or partially adjustable. So you get all that information out the back. So it kind of makes everything else fit together really nicely. Um, everybody can dispatch items because that just needs to be done daily. So it's, it happens so often. And then, yeah, who, who writes copy and who writes Facebook posts is just a couple of the, um, couple of the girls. Excellent. So maximum flexibility going on. Yes. Very cool. And um, okay, so we've covered a few of the, of the, you know, the key points of the business there. But um, I think I always think lingerie is one of the the most difficult areas to sell online because you've got so much sizing and so many fit issues. Is it? I guess here's a cheeky question: Do you wish? You'd done something else <laughs> several, you know, 10 years down the line. You're going, gosh, I wish I'd just gone for T-shirts or something. Um, I guess the answer is yes and no. Um, yes, because um, we, uh, we pride ourselves on our fitting. So A, the products have to be perfect in terms of how they fit. But in our, in our brick side of it, our fitting service is spot on and, and we can deal with most queries over the phone or via Skype or whatever is needed and um, fit people remotely if needed. Um, but that does mean that we house nearly a hundred sizes. So to take one line in one color is already nearly a hundred SKUs for some of our lines. That's painful, yeah. quite frankly. Um, as opposed to, it's a lot of cash, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And on our on our um, weaker lines, our sort of peripheral lines, where should we be spending our money? And um, becomes, um, I think, much more challenging. You can't just go. I'll have hundred of them, hundred of them, hundred of them, and be done with it. Um, however, it's absolutely fascinating at the same time, and you don't get the same. Um, I remember when I came out of food retail, one of the first interviews I did and line sort of sticks with me is, you know, you don't get the same sense of achievement when you sell somebody milk and bread, you know, when you get a lovely email back, um, or you see a post on social media from somebody about how the, the, the bra set has made them feel or how the bandolettes have meant they can wear dresses again, or the haltos meant they can wear halter neck swimwear for the first time in 10 years. That's a really good feeling. And, and whereas the good feeling doesn't pay the bills, um, it does make it a really nice place to work um, and a reason to want to do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Now, you mentioned um, during that, thank, thank you for giving such a good answer to such a cheeky question, uh, for starters. That's okay. But also, um, you mentioned that you do virtual fittings or remote fittings. Is that literally both getting you and the customer being on Skype and doing it that way? Yeah, it, it can be um, uh, that way or it can be much more over the phone because the chances are the customer doesn't have any products close enough to their size to be valuable to necessarily see. You know, if, if I'm asking about, you know, um, where the band is sitting on the back, I don't need to see it if I say, is it riding up your back? And the answer is yes. I don't really need to see how far up the back. But yeah, it can be as, as simple as me sat at a computer with Skype and then on the other end, 
stump stood there in their trousers and their bra. Uh, you just, you know, very depends on on the person and the situation, really. I think because when it must be when you're when you're a business who prides yourself on the fit, that's quite hard to achieve over a distance. It is, um, and we do have things like a. Um, an online fitting calculator. So you can put in some basic measurements and it'll give you a a rough idea of what you should be wearing. But what it can't do is take into account how um, elasticated some products are versus others, how the cut of the bra and the style is going to fit to the shape of your rib cage, whether you've got a pronounced sternum or whether it sort of dips. So therefore where the wires in the center should be finishing, it can't give you any of that information. And to be fair, none of the online calculators out there can give that. So we like to try and carry on the service that we offer in the bricks on the click as much as possible. And that much of selling lingerie is about matching somebody's expectations or wants than it, than it is about the hard and fast fit, if that makes sense. Um, so, you know, you, you, you will get people that last thing, ask for things that do not suit them in the slightest. <laughs> but they're wearing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, when you, when you get the opportunity to explain why and, and how they can achieve the look they want, but with a different product, that is so much more valuable. And that is so much more likely to make them a repeat customer because you've taken that time to give that information. Um, because, you know, one thing we often get asked for is, why can't I have a padded plunge when I'm a 30J? They're all rubbish and I just fall out of them. And it's because it's just at the point where there's too much weight on the material and it's going to fold. You know, it's it's just an engineering sort of, it's pushing the engineering too far. However, when you ask them, what what would they like to wear it with and what look are they trying to achieve? And you're like, okay, well, we can do that, but we can do it with a different bra that's got a different shape. And funnily enough, you'll be a lot more comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then that's great. Yeah, it's 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 that that difficult thing of when to when to tell the customer that they're wrong in a very nice way, but when to tell the customer that they're wrong or, or kind of like digging into the real reason behind the purchase to actually work out what the right thing is. And it's, it's, it's what I think it's one of the big beauties of customer service when that actually happens. Yeah. And I think online or offline, it's about the customer experience um, because you could buy, there are much, much bigger lingerie retailers than us and they might offer different types of good customer service. But if you're a bit lost as to what you should be wearing or something keeps failing, then you really need to speak to somebody who has firsthand knowledge of those products, which you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get from a pure play sort of online only retailer. Um, cause chances are they've never even taken it out of the packet because they don't need to in their business. So I think we just, we, we look at what works well for us in the bricks and mortar and we do our best version of that online. Um, and one thing that sets us apart and one thing as to why we get the awards is the levels that we'll go to with the customer service rather than it just being about discounting and, you know, and free shipping. Um, we offer a different customer service, if you like, to some of the others. Which is, is um, harder to achieve, but also a lot more rewarding when you get it right, both emotionally and financially, I should guess. Yes, yes. And in a world where customer loyalty is, is a different um, beast to what it was, to be fair, 20 years ago, for example, you you've got to have that personal element. There's got to be a reason why they want to buy from you again. 
you know, that being the lowest price will make them buy from you once. But if you're not the lowest price next time, then why are they going to buy from you again? So you have to come up with other reasons for them to buy from you, whether that be a unique collection, the only person you can get it from, extra customer service and knowledge. You've got to have a reason for them to buy from you. And just t- changing tax a little bit here, but you, as well as having these these products that have to be fitted right, you also have a large number of products that are one size fits all, which is quite an, an interesting kind of, con- or not quite contradiction, but a very different, I guess, a very different way of approaching the same or, or achieving the same ends for the customer. Yeah, completely. And I think it actually goes back to your cheeky question earlier about would I have chosen something different? And I wouldn't have chosen anything different, but to allow us to to have that time with those customers on those items and still scale the business up, we had to add in some items that weren't so dependent on that feature, um, but also complement what we've already got and either are upselling to those customers or are attracting new ones. So yeah, we have things like Rixie Clips, which um, slide on the back of the um, the bra band and as, as, as well as being able to make it longer, which many um, adjusters can do, this one allows you to make the band smaller. So if you are particularly slim framed and you struggle with your back size, you can make it a whole back size smaller. And if the bra has just stretched um, quicker than expected and you don't want to give up wearing it yet, then again, you can make the band smaller. So that appeals to lots of of people that aren't necessarily just our um, customer that wants help with fitting. Um, and with things like the bandolettes, they, they're, they're lace thigh bands that stop your legs rubbing in the summer. Well, you know, there's all sorts of weird and wonderful alternatives, spraying deodorant on your legs, using Vaseline, um, cycling shorts, but none of them are particularly attractive. Um, so, so those examples come in, they actually come in a couple of sizes, um, six for the bandolettes and, and four for the Rixie clips, but they're much, much easier. That, that's a lot less than the 100 for a bra, though, isn't it? <laughs> that's essentially no sizes when it, in comparison, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so from a business perspective, the returns are lower because there's less likely um, of errors to be happening in terms of ordering. Uh, they go through a letterbox. Um, their price point is relatively low. Things that are kind of key um, for selling in sort of volume. Um, so they're great, really. And they're still solving the customer's problem, which is essentially what you're doing with the focus on fit, is you're solving the problem of this bar is uncomfortable. I want to look good in this dress. Um, it, it's all about finding the right solution to the problem and the, the, the kind of the no size in inverted commas um, accessories are doing exactly the same thing. It strikes me. Yeah, exactly. So we're just taking a slightly different problem than women have got and we're still fixing it. So I think that's perhaps what our business is. Maybe rather than a laundry and swimwear shop, we'll just keep fixing fixing ladies' problems, whatever they may be. Um, whether they're wearing the swimwear in the right size or uh, or not is is sort of irrelevant uh, with that product. Um, so they can buy that as a, as a standalone, but then they've had nothing to do with us and how they bought their swimwear, or it can be bought in um, in conjunction with swimwear that they're buying from us. So, e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Shipping is complex. Now there's a better way to manage it all. Send Pro Online by Pitney Bowes. 
easily compare USPS and other shipping options, print labels and stamps on your own printer, track all shipments. Plus, despite the USPS post rates increase in January, you'll still get great discounts on USPS priority mail shipping and get five cents off every letter you send. Sempro Online is only $14.99 per month. You can get a free 30-day trial when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan plus a free £10 scale. That's pb.com slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Michelle, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. Book top tip then. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, Well, I am the world's worst at sitting down and reading a book, but what I have found works for me is audiobooks. Um, And I'm also really bad at sitting still. So I tend to listen to them actually when I'm running because seems that like you kill more birds with one stone. You've got the book going on, you've got running and taking in the outside and the fresh air and everything else. Um, but in terms of the book, um, am I only allowed to pick one? I'll let you have two if you'd like to. Thank you. Um, the, if, I mean, many people would have read them already, but um, Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In. And then can I be really cheeky and go to three, actually? Oh, as you're in Cornwall, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the second one would be Mel Mel Robbins' Five Second Rule. And then actually another one by Sheryl Sandberg, which is option B, um, which is not particularly a businessy book. It was it was written when her husband unexpectedly died while they were away. He was in gym and he he he's died very, very suddenly. And the the thing for me to take away from that book in particular was um that actually every version of what we do isn't plan A. Um, something will have changed along the way with everything. So whether it looks big or small, the 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 thing that's staring us in the face, um, everything is some kind of version of Plan B or Option B, um, and it's just a it's just a really sort of refreshing way to look at um, and problems and how how to build resilience and how to get around them. Which um, um, I think, although she's talking much on a personal level, obviously having such a uh, a big job as she does with Facebook. Um, she has to bring all that back into the business world as well. What an interesting, interesting thought. Um, whilst I mull that, here's another question for you. Uh, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, the one we prize above all others is um, working with with bloggers and influencers Um We've worked hard to build up some relationship, really good relationships with a few. And I think that customers really respond to seeing something being genuinely tested out um, and then seeing it reappear again later. So even if the first bit is um, is a is a paid bit of work, and obviously it's, it states that, um, if the blogger genuinely likes it, that thing will reappear, you know, a sports bra, for example, um, or a set of bandolets, it will reappear later down the line because they need content and they will inevitably share the things they love. So you get this sort of, you you know what you're paying and what your return, your return on investment is going to be. Um, but actually it's greater than that because it if if you've chosen good bits and married them up with the right people, I think the value out of them is is far greater than your initial return on investment. I suppose that's the benefit of really finding those 
those influencers who aren't your one hit wonder Beyonce's or something, but they're rather, I suppose should say Kardashian there, not a one hit wonder Kardashian, but rather they're a, a someone who's, who's truly passionate about whatever it is the product does. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is about, um, not just sending things off to everybody. So as much as it works for, for me and it works for my company, um, it has to be right. I could send off a hundred products tomorrow and see no return from them. If I've just sent them off willy nilly to, to people who aren't interested and don't get it. Um, and we haven't built any um, relationship up. So I think the relationship is hugely important and, um, how sort of relative that item is to them and their situation and what they like to talk about. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Do you know what? I almost think there isn't. We have used various, I mean, we're quite a small team. So um, that makes it much more easy to communicate with each other because we're often inside the same building um, a couple of times a week with everybody. Um, so yes, we do have a WhatsApp group, for example, for sorting out some bits and pieces. Um, but then it's a bit old fashioned. There is like a handover book with really important things out the front and there's things left in, um, we email each other, even though it's a shared sort of account. So, so yeah, nothing very exciting actually. We have used more sort of complicated sort of calendars and things, but actually, um, it just increases user error and then things get missed. I wouldn't quite say stick post-it notes everywhere, but um, yeah, not far off, to be honest. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the old world when it comes to a tooltip, I have to, I, I personally believe. Okay, a, the growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Find something that's unique. So, I mean, that's the golden goose, I suppose, if you've got a complete um, exclusivity or it's your own or it's a new invention, but the closest you can get to that, the better. I think online competition with an identical product from an identical brand is the thing that um, cuts your margin and cuts your orders um, the most. So if you can find something that is unique, then... um, that is your best way to go from 100 to 1,000, definitely. Awesome. Well, look, Michelle, before we say goodbye, would you like to remind the listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Um, yeah, absolutely. So our website is www.mish-online.co.uk. And then you can also find us on Facebook and the company's just called Mish. And on Instagram, our handle there is Mish Lingerie. So yeah, give us a follow and come and see, come and see what we've got on offer. I think we should say that Mish is spelled M-I-S-H as well, shouldn't we? Just so everybody's clear on that. So M-I-S-H to to find the Mish business online. And I believe you've got a special offer for our listeners. Yes. If any of the listeners listeners would like to um, try out the bandolets or the Rixie clips or the Holtos or any of the other things, um, we've got 10% off the website um, if you use the code MASTERPLAN. So that's MASTERPLAN all in lowercase and, and that will get you 10% off your first order. Thank you very much. And there's one more thing to do before I'm going to let you go, which is you are, I do believe, currently helping other retailers to improve their businesses with one of our previous guests, Sam Taylor of DigiQuick. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, please? 
Yes. So Sam and I set up Retail Fixes a year ago, maybe a year and a bit. And it came off the back of we were often asked to um, to help out at events, run workshops and speak. But as a retailer doing that, um, you um, you can't get much back from it in you know monetary wise business growth wise because you're talking as a as a retailer in in that um in that room we came together and we were like well we sh- you know if people want this then we should just set this up as a business and that's basically what we did so we work with um anything from startups um up to businesses with a couple of million pounds turnover with whatever their, their challenge is, it could be starting their business and what, which way they want to start and which platforms they'd like to be on. Um, it could be a bricks and mortar that wants to transition into bricks and clicks. Um, it could be a, a very established business on one platform that is not quite getting, either wants to move platforms or is not quite getting their marketing side of it right. So um, we kind of see everything through a retailer's eyes. So absolutely there are specialists for when you need a huge amount of in-depth knowledge in a particular field. Um, but Sam and I basically cover the um, you know the top 10 things that most retailers ask in most areas, I think is perhaps a good way to to describe what we do. Um, and it's been great. If people want to get in touch with you about that, where can they find you? Um, if they email um, either Mish, which is M-I-S-H, at theretailfixers.co.uk, or they can email Sam at theretailfixers.co.uk. Um, drop us an email and we can go from there. Thanks, well, Michelle, you're going to be really pleased to know that is everything I need from you now. Um, so thank you very, very much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you and you've shared so much. I know the, the audience will really appreciate it. So thank you. And thank you very much for having me. It's been, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. So good there to hear from the horse's mouth about how how Mish has got that super talented team who experience all elements of the business and they're therefore able to to give phenomenal customer service and really get that fit and solve the customer's problems, be it face to face, online, virtually, via chat or whatever other medium is being used. Um, and lots of other, other great advice in the episode there too. Now to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.